Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. I was born in East LA, man. I was born in East LA. Oh, yeah, you're born in East LA. Well, let's see your green card, huh? Green card? I'm from East LA. All right, well, then who's president of the United States? Oh, that's easy, man. That guy that used to be on Death Valley days, uh, John Wayne. All right, let's go. Come on. Five o'clock hour. Here we go. Cofield and company. Ari doing a great job back in the Finley Toyota Studios. We're at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Cinco de Mayo. John is here, or has been calling him all day, which I think you should just change it permanently. But it's not my name. You can people change all the time. My my older brother dumped. He's he's a half brother, but he dumped. Even though he was adopted by my father, Cofield, he dumped that last name and went with my mother's name, you know, her maiden name. Well, I was pretty ungrateful. I don't know if it's ungrateful, but you could do it. Do you think the Von Tobel side would get pissed? If you went with, as we've been saying all show, especially on Cinco de Mayo, if you went with either John or Juan, but we'll go John, Juarez, Norte. I feel like... Some opportunities would get limited if I went with Juarez Norte. So, I'll stick with Von Tobel. Wait, you think it'll limit you? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, that's a big discussion. Oh, yeah. I thought it might help. <laughs> the powers that be now? Maybe. Okay. All right. So, you, you kind of chastised me last hour. Um, I feel like... The tongue lashing was about the appropriation of Mexican culture on Cinco de Mayo. So, do I? Can I not enjoy this hour? I mean, should, should Ari stop playing songs like uh, "Born in East LA" by Cheech Marin? I mean, you can. I think it's just more. I, I feel like this holiday, if you will, it's kind of like St. Patrick's Day, right? Like it's just an excuse for a lot of these companies to just get a lot of money out of you. Buy tequila. Buy, you know, cerveza, if you will. <laughs> And then just spend a lot of money and don't really – like, nobody's really celebrating what this is supposed to be. No one's celebrating – St. Patty's Day, we're all looking up St. Pat and the significance well, of it. That's the whole point. Like, yes, if it's a we've holiday. Done, we've done that to all holidays. How many people do you think for Christmas are like, yeah, let's be super traditional? I mean, I think there are still some people who do it, but a lot of people are just like, it's, it's a family holiday. We give some gifts. You know, it's kind of an extension of Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, there's still people that, like, go to church and do it. Like, my whole point has always just been like this with the holidays, though. Like, if you're going to celebrate it, like, do you actually know what it's for? Like, if you did a man on the street thing and just no. asked all these people, no. hey, what is Cinco de Mayo? No, no one's going to know. Most Nobody people would have are not any idea. Know. Right. But you also made a bold statement earlier. If, um, if you're not directly involved with the holiday, maybe you shouldn't be celebrating it. I've always felt that way. Wow. That's why we, I, have, we have a split household, so can we not do Christmas and Hanukkah? Why? You, but if one of you celebrates it, do it. But it almost sounded like earlier, like, oh, you're, you're kind of breaking the JVT holiday rules if, you know, the SO is, like, super pro-Christmas or I go super pro-Hanukkah. Why? But one of you is, so why not celebrate with the person that you love? Oh, okay. This, my, throw, my this, throw, point, this throws something no, new in. Like, my whole point is, like, I, when I brought that up, like, the big thing was, like, Veterans Day, what I always go back to. Right. Where, like, like admit it. 
70 percent of you i have to admit no hey i took the company holiday of veterans day thank you to all the good veterans and you know what i am ashamed to have never served i'm a i'm a loser but i'm still going to take the sale no stop because right there like 75 percent of the people don't even do it or what they'll do is they'll go on social media so they can say thanks veterans so that they don't feel bad about taking the day off i always work on veterans day and here's the thing steve that's how you honor them i was born on veterans day so, you work so on, it's my birthday. Wow, you work on your birthday. That's what I do. What a sacrifice. That's what I do for our vets. That's how I that's pay. That's what eat. I do. Yep. I mean, I guess that's something. Good for you. Well, I guess uh, we'll just blow up this whole portion of the show, this block where I wanted to talk about my favorite Mexican drinks. We can. Nah, Are fine. you a margarita on the rocks or a blended guy? I like it on the rocks. I like both. I would say on the rocks more. With un poco sal. On the rim. Yes. Um, sometimes the blended stuff is real crap. And if it's coming out of a machine, oh, very, it's terrible. very shaky. Yes. Very shaky. Um, I got into it. Now I'm afraid to say anything that we, we need to have like a bit of an accent on. I'm not going to roll my R's. Can you? Um, no. I can't really. I, I have grown to love uh, margaritas with. Margaritas. Say it like the pizza. Jal- Margarita. Ha. Jalapenos, which I love that. I love that. But I do. I do. I, I love um, anything with jalapenos in it. I have a, I have a family member who uh, I'll let you guess which side of the family they're on that pronounces them jalapenos. Yeah, the jalapenos. Or yes. the chili it's, relinos are my favorite. Is it really relinos? No, it's not. No, no I'm saying that's how they pronounce yeah, that's it. That's how they say it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, that's the VT side. Those chili relinos are great. They are really good. <laughs> they are. I get it. It's Cinco de Mayo. It's fine. Okay. My wife's going over to her friend's house, and she's like, can you bring me back home a bottle of tequila to take over? I'm like, this is your people. You shouldn't be giving yeah, yeah, in to this yeah, culture. Yeah, 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 right. what are you, how is she not ready? <laughs> What's going on here? You have to get the bottle of tequila? Oh, it's a last-minute get-together thing. So, okay. Oh, you're going too? No, she's going. I'm staying home. I got basketball to watch. Do you like tequila? Oh, I love it. Okay. It is my second favorite spirit. Did you have some last night? No, I was, I was sipping on some Jameson. I was actually – was it you – Somebody, or I think it was Adam Hill, was appalled by my drink choice. Like, in social settings or something, I'll just get, like, Jameson on the rocks. Okay. And I was told, like, I was looked at like I was, like, heinous. Like, you're drinking that? I'm like, why? What's wrong with that? By apparently the partygoers or the yeah, server? Yeah, by the partygoers. Yeah. Like, apparently that was, like, a very strong drink to be having, I guess, at that time of day. What did, we went to a dog's birthday party last night at a restaurant in uh, DTS. Did you, Ooh. were you surprised that there was no beer? I guess kind of, yeah. Only only wine, and then there was tequila, the whiskey, and uh, vodka. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. I mean, just because beer is such a social drink, mm-hmm. but it was such an upscale place that maybe they're above beer. I felt shamed a bit. Yeah. Because I was like, do you have any beer? Nope. Like, I saw it, man. Like, I guess I'll drink the uh, the vodka. I saw Let's it. Let's do it. <laughs> this is terrible of me. I guess maybe I'm getting older, so this is going to be normal. I saw some of my colleagues, some of my decent colleagues were there, and they were, like, drinking wine. And glasses? I was like, get over yourselves. Stop sitting there with your red wine and acting like you're doing something here. Get a real drink. Hmm. Can I ask you a social question? Of course. So I found myself quite a bit yesterday. There were like three times where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of this conversation. Because, like, there's at, it's at that gathering. You know, there's a lot of people. All mm-hmm. of us have been one of those. And so, like, you get into this weird spot where you're, like, in between conversations with different people. Or like, you form, like, a mini half circle. But then, you know, the conversation kind of dies whatever. I got caught in, like, three conversations that I really didn't want. 
So there was one person that actually stuck on Adam by posing a question to Adam that the person was interested in. Then I slowly backed away and walked off. Left, move. Left, left Adam to suffer. Yeah. And there were other times where I just straight out lied. That I was like, I'll be right back. Yeah. Got to watch a basketball back. game. Yep. And never came back. What do you do in uh, the one-on-one situation where you're stuck? Oh, I'll, know what I, I'll tell you what I did. I got stuck for a while. Go to the bathroom. Oh, that's a good move. Yep. Although the server, though, how about this? One of the hostesses there, this is a really weird interaction. So I pulled the move. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And so I'm going, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember the bathroom. So I asked the server. I go, excuse me, ma'am, like, where's the bathroom? And she does the elegant point like this because that you're trained to do it. And she goes, down the hall, enjoy. Oh, and enjoy. Yeah. Was it nice? Which I was like, I mean. Maybe they've been trained to do that. Let me just say. Was it an enjoyable bathroom? I will say that given the status of the building we were in in terms of the restaurant, underwhelming bathroom. Not that good. She had built up expectations by saying, Enjoy. enjoy. So then all of a sudden you're like. Maybe this could be pretty good. I also, I might have accidentally laughed in her face and just went, enjoy. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, Did you? <laughs> yeah, because it threw me I, off. I, I like, kind of like that. I, what am I supposed to enjoy? Um, beyond a margarita, you're going to have one tonight? Um, Today? Doesn't sound I, like you are. It sounds like you wanted one, but you may not execute it. No, I don't know if I have tequila at home or not. So, I mean, I might. Well, you can go out. Well, I have two kids. These kids are always. <laughs> what am I, I mean, do? I wanted to see your wife last night. You're like, ah, we had no coverage. She can't. She can't come over. I'm like, yeah. come on, These kids. Kind of a last minute event. Yeah, uh, michelada, a Mexican mule, oh. or a paloma. I, I I hate michelada, so I'll go with the really. Yeah, I I don't like tomatoes. Oh, I love it. I, I don't like My it. Favorite. The, the clamato stuff. I I can't do it. I told you a vacation story where I got all inclusive. I got too fired up, and I backed. Uh, I started with micheladas, and I did, like, five. And then you're like, I mean, the drinks are paid for. we got to keep going. I was like, ah, I've had enough of that. It's a little bit spicy. Um, you know what? I'm going to do um, – let me get a mixed drink with some ice in it. Uh, let me do mudslides. Backed up the micheladas. No. Yeah. I, I, pushed, I pushed things to the limit. You have terrible combinations. I, I, I pushed it. You're right. I, am, I almost have no problems. I have problems. Yeah. Oh, it got ugly. I love Palomas, so I would rather go there, but that's terrible. I don't like creamy alcohol drinks. I got it. I'm not big. Like, the, you, this last Christmas I did enjoy, you got me a bottle of the eggnog with the brandy. It was risky. Yeah, that it was, was risky. It was a big bottle. It was, it was big, and it was good, but it was not something I was like, I'm going to have multiple ones of this, right? Same thing with all the other stuff. If we're going other places, like white Russians and whatnot, I just can't do it. I'm going to try to find a place tonight. By the way, this is the thing you should be angry at, are places that don't. Uh, serve Mexican fare or like micheladas normally, and and then tonight they're like, yeah, like thirteen dollar micheladas, like, terrible ones too, probably. Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like you never make them. Slow your roll with the thirteen dollars and the micheladas. Thirteen bucks, huh? Yeah, I can't do that. How about a good Corona Rita? Ah, uh, yeah, solid. I've solid. actually never had one. Is that? I mean, it is Corona. I almost feel that like that's more like Tex-Mex. Yeah. But I, I have never looked up the whoever came up with the Corona Rita. <laughs> it's got to be American. You would assume. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's like yes. 100% fact. Another one of these money-making elements on these holidays that have been appropriated. That's what we do. You think Fourth of July is celebrated anywhere else in the country <laughs> or in the world, I mean? Well, it, oh, good point. Yeah. That would be interesting. 
Like, we're just going to celebrate it. You think, like, in, four, you think in Brazil? We, we like fireworks. Yeah, on the 4th of July in Brazil, they're just like, get the hot dogs, let's go. Eh. I'd never thought of that one. That's worth investigating. I'm guessing the answer is 100% no across the board. I would say so. Okay, so every day we're following a very slow news cycle with the A's to Vegas. And yesterday we had on Darren Libinati, who was an executive with the Thomas and & Mack and the MGM and was part of a lot of big events over the years. And stuff that kind of stretched the limits of what we thought Vegas could be. Like, you can never do that kind of event. And they did it, and it worked, and they got big crowds, right? So he ran Sam Boyd for a long time, and Sam Boyd hosted a lot of cool events. And, and his he made the case with the A's baseball stadium, and we really didn't get into the financing, but the, the discussion was, hey, how do we make this thing, like, really valuable to the Vegas market, aside from 81 baseball games? And he kind of pitched that, there are a lot of events that are mid-size events that may be twenty-five to 35,000 visitor events. Not visitor, but attendance. Mm-hmm. And with Sam Boyd kind of shut down with the deal with Allegiant, we're missing out on that crowd. And this would be a domed baseball stadium, well, retractable roof, that would hold 30,000. That could do a lot of the events that Sam Boyd used to do. I'm like, okay. And then we never really pinpointed, you know, say, I don't know what the goal would have to be to make this more palatable. To, you know, giving the A's a sweetheart deal, but would it be, you know, hosting another 20 events a year, 25? You know, we were initially pitched with Allegiant that, hey, with the football games, they were only going to be like, you know, 9, 10, or 11. You had other football games like college football games and then concerts that the goal was hey, at least 52 events a year, and they're beyond that. So can we do that with an A's baseball stadium? So then today I thought it was really interesting um, – Fox 5 local wrote a story. Now, what you're going to see here is that there's going to be some political battles, right? And there should be because there really weren't with Allegiant, which is kind of one of the amazing things about that process and a special session and Shettle Nadelson backing it and backing both sides, Republicans and Democrats. Um, headline today, Nevada governor creating A's ballpark bill wants bill passed by the end of session. Okay, so Lombardo's all in on this. Is that where we're at now? What, wait, but I thought... I thought he wasn't for public funding. I thought he wasn't going to do that. That's no new what taxes, he said, right? right? No new taxes. He tweeted that out on the uh, evening of January 26th, and then an hour later it kind of softened the stance. It's like, well, you know, there's different things we can do that aren't new taxes. And that's kind of what we're being sold here. But I thought it was really interesting. Um, just to read you a couple of lines here, again, Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo is spearheading the effort to bring the A's to Las Vegas, wants this bill approved by the end of the current legislative session, which is done in early June. Really, May 26 would be kind of a, a big drop-dead date. Um, we heard from Steve Yeager, head of the Assembly, the other day that the A's have given him nothing in terms of the plan. So to start kind of gauging what all the legislators want, you have to have a plan. Right. You have to have a detailed plan. So I thought a lot of people kind of just backed out of giving any sort of opinion on SB1. For a legion, and I, I got really irked by that. Like, it's one thing, like take a stance, but I think it's even worse if you're just you have no comment. Like, you need to, of course, you need to kind of tell us where you're going here. So there were a couple of guys who stepped up in the story. Um, Senator uh, Clark County, you know, local Clark County, Nevada State Senator uh, Scott Hammond. Uh, he's District 18. Uh, he said the devil's in the details. We have to look at the details. There have been some talks, and I've talked to the president of the A's. They have indicated uh, they may be asking for $150 million in tax credits. The rest of the money that we're talking about would be about creating a tax district. 
Uh, he also went on to say there's no money that would have to be generated that would go to edu- education. Okay. Uh, it's not coming out of the general fund. They're generating tax, uh, whether it be property tax or sales tax. Then the, I thought this was the money shot. It's not exactly public money. Not exactly. Yeah. Uh, you're developing a property that otherwise wouldn't be developed. Now, this is the Dave Cavill line. And, again, we will remind people, it is a piece of property, the Wild Wild West property, that has the truck parking lot. It's mostly, it's all been cleared out now. Um, it's 100 acres. They're going to buy 56 acres, the Azar. It's right where the 15 and Trot project will be done in a couple of years. <laughs> that property is going to be incredibly coveted. Right. And I, I keep hearing you're developing a property that otherwise wouldn't be developed. We really believe that by 2027, the property on Tropicana and Dean Martin, the 15, will have nothing on it. Over the next four years, nothing's going to happen if the A's don't buy it. Right. It's that, 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 and that's, the, that's what they're going to keep pushing on this. So, so uh, in this case, you know, Scott Hammond's talking about it. He is repping District 18. And I like to throw this out there because for people listening, like a lot of people don't vote actively. They really don't even know who their local reps are. So District 18 is, uh, you know, part of Summerlin, Centennial Hills, Lone Mountain. All right? Really the same area has... An assemblyman, Brian Hibbets, it's called District 13 in this case. So that is Ann Road up to Grand Teton, uh, Decatur out to Fort Apache, 95 borders it. Yeah. Right? So just so you know, that's that rep right. in that area. Um, he had some comments as well. And what we're seeing here is if the governor is behind it, then you're going to have – a lot of the reps or a lot of the assembly people and senators, especially the Republicans, are going to go with the governor. So we're going to kind of keep a, a list of everyone who says they're supporting it. Now, th- these, were, these weren't officially supporting it. It's just like, hey, we're open to the idea. Right. But we have quite a process here because this thing, as Steve Yeager said, we should have had something last week. We definitely need something by the end of this week. The session, when I think they first agreed or publicized the land deal, was 34 days from, from ending. So, I'm I'm really curious to see what all the the uh, public servants will call them and how they're going to line up and how many are going to be active and actually saying something. We are going to have Michael Nafton, who's a Clark County commissioner, and he hasn't said he's against it, but he said you know five hundred million dollars is a lot to ask, and there's a lot at stake here. You know, is this is this going to benefit lots of communities? Um, I mean, when we had Darren Libinati on yesterday, he talked a lot about the tourist element. And I've seen the tourist description described from the beginning it was, or at the beginning, uh, in the Nevada Independence story, it was it's going to be 80-20 locals. Then it went to 70-30. Then I saw 60-40. And Darren had talked yesterday, based on what Bill Hornbuckle said, you know, with uh, MGM Resorts, that they were thinking, you know, for series when teams come into town, that would bring in 5,000 visitors. The math basically was 81 dates. I guess it would be for each date, yeah. It was 81 dates, 5,000 visitors a game. They were expecting 400,000 new people to come to town for A's baseball. I know there's a lot of numbers here. No, I'm just, I'm I just, just trying to – and I, I know we – on this show we've kind of sounded like we have some anti-stance on this. I am open to hearing all of it. I think that piece of property developed the right way is going to be awesome. Um, I can't wait to hear the economics of – because we keep hearing about, hey, we get a, we get a tax district – we get some more tax breaks. We're going to build a stadium. Um, I think the one of the most important elements of this whole thing, aside from the stadium, is connectivity to the strip and that bridge, that pedestrian bridge that's going to go across the 15 that they would like to do. Right from you know 
Park MGM and the Fortress over to the stadium, who pays for that? Correct. Because that that ain't going to be cheap. I mean, I mean, I have lots of questions about everything, <laughs> right? I know. Right? It's I know. Like if this but I just want—I just want to say to everyone, I don't think Adam Hill right now is open to it. Um, I, I have an open mind. I think it's really important to listen to lots of people on this, of course. and and not and also not let the lack of communication and openness on Allegiant kind of cloud our minds on this one. Like it's going to be the same thing. I don't think I don't think it has to be. No, it doesn't have to be, and hopefully some of the reps actually read through what they're supposed to read through, unlike with Allegiant uh, at the time that we were going through that and we had some of them on. But, no, I mean, look, that's my whole thing. I'm down to listen, but I also have a ton of questions. Like, for the tax district, once you meet the funds that you're supposed to give them, what happens? Uh, there, Well, the initial, the initial talks were it's a, it's a tax district where they, they collect everything for 30 years. Okay. Okay, for 30 years, right? So, like that, like you said, the bridge has always been something that's been curious to me. How, who develops that and who's going to be responsible for it? It's nice of the A's to say, think about this. It'd be great. We're like, okay, are you fronting that too? Is that part of what you're going to come in here on? Uh, and then all the other stuff afterwards, which is upkeep. I mean, we've, we've seen plenty of stadiums after they're recently built and these cities going at it because they're like, oh, by the way, we need $60 million right, of right. renovation here. The Vikings already need – uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate their basically brand new stadium. The Diamondbacks got into Diamondbacks that. Diamondbacks are the big one that I'm thinking yep. of. Yep. Like those are those are all the questions that I would love to see details. And, and I honestly, I would kind of, I'm very curious about the number of, you know, the what was it for the visitors? Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. That, that's just you know Bill Hornbuckle well, saying it. Of course. You know, we but we like, would hope there's four hundred thousand people coming to town because of the A's. Look, and but my response would be. It's one, it's super regional. Two, your demographic is very much older. Are you really getting that many visitors to come and watch the Oakland Ace? When in reality, well, I think they're coming to town to watch their team. Um, that's certainly not going to be, it's not going to be 5,000 evenly dispersed across the board. Royal, yeah, Royals are not going to travel, and the Reds, if, when, if they ever play here, you know, bad baseball, I'll say teams. They're not bad baseball cities. Right. You know, then, you know, if you're only getting 700 people here to see a Royal series from Kansas City. You know, are you going to make it up with the Red Sox, you know, and the California teams, the Yankees, and, you know, whatever oh, Chicago I, I, teams? Yeah, I, and that, yeah. I just – I wonder – I, I do wonder, baseball as a tourist attraction, how popular it really is. Maybe the aspect of Vegas does help that. But I do wonder if that actually is going to bring in the support from other markets that we really think it is. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, what a rough day. What a rough day for the uh, the Hoagie. First of all, a very regional name. Really more of a Pennsylvania Philly deal. It's uh, pretty much a sub everywhere else. Grinder in certain places. So on Cinco de Mayo, it falls on the same day, National Hoagie Day. Come on now. That's tough. Come on, Hoagies. Come on, Hoagie. Big Hoagie. Big sub. You know better. But anyway, uh, National Hoagie Day. I want to remind you that over at our, uh, our Thursday spot, Silver 7s, they got the City Cafe. They've got a bunch of different... Subs there. Philly cheesesteak, definitely a sub. They've got the uh, chicken parm, and they've also got a meatball parm, so check out City Cafe on this National Hoagie, National Sub Day at Silver 7s. John's an ageist. We know that. He's the youngest guy on the show. And uh, LeBron's kind of old for you, you know? Still young for me, but he's old for you. And you said that he tried to make some sort of analogy. Can we fire this? And he just sounded old. Level one complete. 
get harder and harder yes, each level, all right? You know, y'all play Call of Duty, y'all know what that means going to the next level. Y'all play Mario Brothers, you know what it means? And Super Contra when it goes to the next Next to you know, I'll say level two. So level two is upon us. Like you said, tomorrow, decompress, get away from the game, and then we come we get back locked in, all right? Who was yelling in the background? Were they were they hyped or they were like, dude, wrong? No, well, I think they yeah, I think they were laughing at the reference to Call of Duty. But my favorite part is when he references Super Mario Brothers, which look, Mario is an updated franchise. My son loves Mario. They have a lot of new Mario games, but it's a weird reference to make, right? And you just hear somebody in the back go, "Damn!" Like that's like, a, like that's like a really old reference. Um, yeah, he just sounded old. I get you're trying to connect, but. It's also funny because I don't know if you've seen this old viral video of him, but there was an old one where he went live with his sons while playing pickup or just, like, shooting around in front of the house. And when they're signing off, I think it's Bronny who tells him that he is. He goes up to the camera. He says, hey, if you guys want to know, I'm going diamond on Siege today, which is, like, a ranking, and I think it's Call of Duty or it might be Counter-Strike. Hey, you know, if you guys want to watch, you know, you guys know where to hit me up. And LeBron's like, what does that mean? And he's like, if you know, you know. And, and LeBron's like, all right, I guess I don't know because he's like, I don't know what that means. So he's just old, man. Boston and Philly tied at 31 in the first NBA game of the day. Uh, 10.45 left in the half. We'll get you more updates on what's going on around the NBA. But want to get to some NHL on the way back because we didn't get a real chance to cover what uh, really was the announcement yesterday with local TV, with VGK moving forward because AT&T Sportsnet, that relationship is going to end. So we'll uh, talk to uh, Kerry Bubel. It's at least VGK Insider Show did, but I want to play some of that conversation and, and go through what's going to happen now next year and moving forward with the Golden Knights and access here locally and also regionally. Uh, it's very important stuff. I didn't realize how little access was actually uh, provided out there. So we'll get the numbers from Kerry Bubolts. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Company or at ESPN Las Vegas. Last 30 minutes, important 30 minutes, one of the biggest topics of the week as we're live here at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, JVT, Cofield. So, new TV deal for uh, local access is announced yesterday. You know, the regional sports networks are falling apart for various reasons, but Scripps is getting into the sports business. They announced about three weeks ago, WNBA deal, where they're going to do a featured Friday night game of the week. It's currently Ion. I think it's going to be rebranded. It's available on lots of carriers. Uh, The tie-in here is... Scripps owns local 13. But VGK needed a place to run their games locally, and AT&T Sportsnet deal is going bye-bye. So Kerry Bubolts, president of the organization, was on yesterday on the VGK Insider Show. You're going to hear a lot of our buddy Darren Millard, who appears with us on Tuesdays. And this part of the conversation they talked about or they asked Kerry Bubolts, how hard was this whole thing to put together? It's kind of one of those things where you, you feel it, at the beginning, but ultimately you got to go through the right process, right? you got to make sure to mature the various conversations, the various opportunities, make sure you're looking at every angle uh, that ultimately is going to be the best for the organization and, and ultimately for our fans. And uh, within the last uh, several weeks, uh, we really were locked in with the folks at Script Sports and uh, just had to get uh, pen to paper and then ultimately get the NHL approval, which uh, – Literally late last night, uh, we were able to obtain uh, for all of the deal points, and uh, we were able to announce uh, our new partnership with Script Sports today. So, it, uh, yeah, it was an exciting day. It was a lot of work, uh, but very, very proud uh, to have the announcement and our new partner as we move forward. Let's talk about what it means to the VGK fan. Uh, what channel will the Vegas Golden Knights be on next year? 
Well, we're going to, uh, you know, first of all, Scripps Sports, uh, the local uh, station that they own is actually KTNV, which is the ABC affiliate, uh, Channel 13. Uh, so you'll see a lot of Golden Knights promotion there. But they're actually going to take uh, what is currently programmed with under their ION brand, uh, which is uh, Channel 34 uh, on most cable stations, uh, so cable, satellite, and then, of course, over the air, um, and rebrand it. Uh, essentially, and it will be mostly be sports programming. They'll also have news uh, on the station and, of course, other content uh, on there as well. But they really are doubling down on sports. Uh, recently, in the last uh, two weeks, they had a major announcement that on uh, basically a Friday night game of the week uh, for the WNBA, uh, which is really exciting. And then, of course, uh, now at the Golden Knights between preseason uh, 70 games uh, at a minimum during the regular season, and that first round of the playoffs. Uh, it's now going to be the home of the Vegas Golden Knights as well. Kerry Bubul is chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas about the big announcement that the television home of the Golden Knights during the regular season and the preseason, first round of the playoffs as well, is Script Sports over on Channel 34. I keep hearing over the air. For people that don't know what over the air means, can you explain that to us? <laughs> It's kind of an old-school term, but it's it is. What, it, what it means is for a lot of years, cable and satellite has kind of dominated our, our terminology. Those are all pay services, and, of course, the channels that were included within that. You know, going back to the 1970s and 1980s, you decided that you weren't going to get cable. You could actually, over the air, get free TV, which was the kind of the basic channels originally of NBC, CBS, and ABC, and, of course, uh, with Fox and others. Uh, it started to expand even in terms of the over-the-air options. Um, but uh, if you've got a smart TV, you can get what they call a digital antenna and uh, still get these same channels on free over-the-air television. And, uh, and that's what, uh, what we've been able to uh, put together. And so that's what we're really excited about. Again, nothing against AT&T. Uh, that was a good partner for the first six years of the franchise. Um, but only, you know, the low 30s in terms of percentage of the actual market that could get uh, could get Vegas Golden Knights games. Uh, there were a lot of what they call cord cutters. Uh, there's a new term out there called cord nevers, meaning they've never been connected. You know, kids, my, my daughter's 23. She would be a cord never. She, uh, she, you know, she follows the team, but she follows it on her laptop uh, or on her phone. And so um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that consumers these days uh, actually receive and and uh, take in their content, especially their sports content. And now we've got a new partner that uh, is going to allow us to do it to every fan who wants it and do it on a free basis. And I'm excited for that. John, you got some questions? I mean, honestly, when you're kind of when I've watched this and what the Phoenix Suns did, I guess my question would just be what the inspiration is behind it, because I think a lot of people look at this and go like, hey, what about like money and all that kind of stuff? But I guess the trade-off is probably worth it to get it to more people, right? Yes. I think it gives the organizations an opportunity to control more of the deal, yeah. and I don't know what the rep share on it is. Um, and Bill Foley, I, I think it was Foley who joked, they thought about it for like 30 seconds about doing it themselves. So instead of doing it yourself, you get – you know, someone who's reliable and is in TV, and yeah. you get a partner where you have more power. And this, to me, is probably going to be what a lot of markets were going to have to try with the regional sport network. And sports network was going bye-bye because the, the company that was really in trouble, I think, 
what is it, 12 MLB contracts and like 42 overall. So the NBA and NHL are going to all be dealing with this. You mentioned the Suns. Now VGK is the second one to come up with something. There are going to be some markets where I don't know if they come up with something. And then the other thing about this that I didn't realize, and this was a, you know, um, Bull mentioned it. It was also in the RJ who did a nice job of covering the story. The, uh, the deal with AT&T Sportsnet locally still only had 35% coverage. Yeah. Which I, I don't, I've never had it. AT&T Sportsnet? I've never had it. I, I had it when I had Cox. Yeah. And then and now that I have YouTube TV, I do not have it. And when I looked up Ion, right now I have Hulu TV. My plan is to try YouTube because YouTube has the Sunday ticket, and I need that. Uh, YouTube TV apparently has Ion. Hulu, they right said now. they're working on it. So you're trying to close as many gaps as possible, but I didn't realize it was that low. 35% is pretty freaking low, and if it's a way to improve that and then get it all in that region going north that Foley wants – this could be a really good deal. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcast to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You know, the other thing in the conversation, we just played part of it, and you can go up to LVSportsNetwork.com and hear the entire interview with Darren Millard and RTHG on the VGKIS show. Too much. Uh, VGK Insider Show over on... Fox Sports Las Vegas, when uh, Boo Boltz was on, uh, we kind of skipped over mentioning the Cord Nevers, which I'd never heard a term for it, but I do know that as an old person, I do hear a lot of youngins say at TV, I've never had a, like a traditional TV hookup. Cord Nevers. We're Cord Cutters. Right. Because I had talks and whatnot. So. The Cord Nevers, though. And I mean, you have to get, you have to get to them. By the way, this is why. Eh, do I want to play this guy's bite again? I don't even know which one it is. the The CBS dude on the A's. I don't know if you you heard this whole rant. Um, there's a guy who does. Uh, I'm not even. I think he does their morning show. Maybe their East Coast morning show. Uh, Amanda Lara. I was just on a show the other day. Oh, you were. So, what time was it? Uh, I was early, on at early? 6.30 in the morning. So, okay, yeah. so he does. He's probably on until, whatever, 10 o'clock yeah. Eastern. Um, he's really taking this thing on, which I, I don't mind. Like, taking on baseball and the stuff they push sometimes and how disrespectful they are to some markets and some fans. So he's taking up for the A's and the city. He's taking up for Oakland um, and going anti-A's and going anti-Bobby Manfred. But he's starting to bash Vegas. And he kind of did a traditional, hey, Vegas is a smaller market without really examining that Vegas is a really unique small market. Right. And, one, we have 40 million visitors every year, so that boosts our population. People will come here. No one is visiting as a tourist. Very few. Oakland? Right. Like, I don't even know what the I mean, They might have some trumped-up numbers. Like, I we, drove we, through we, Oakland we, one we time. We had 20 million visitors a year, yeah, to go to San Francisco. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and the Howard Terminal is a really interesting spot. I mean, it's a port area, so I don't – and they were building – the plan was to build a whole district – so maybe that was going to be something gigantic and generate a lot of money. But the other problem with people outside the market talking about us is the TV market size. And he was like, the TV market size is 40. They're going to lose this much money on TV. Well, the, the way TV is measured now and the monies that are coming in are via regional sports networks. They're mostly going bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And let me go back to the beginning of this part of the conversation. 
the Cord Nevers don't give a rat's ass about a regional sports network. No. That's not how monies are going to be generated for the next, like, 15, 20 years. That, a lot of that stuff may be obsolete. Maybe not New York or Boston or Philly. Although even in, even in New York and Boston, now it's like a true pay-per-view, which I, I guess they're going to do okay on, but I think a lot of people are just going to be like, yeah, I'm not paying $30 a month to watch the Red Sox or 24 to watch the Yankees. So I, I think people have to kind of wrap their head around the new TV world here, and maybe the, the uh, Golden Knights have done a really good job by you know, also addressing, like, hey, we need to access, get access to more people, including the Cord Nevers. Mm-hmm. I think you should. I mean, because there's other ripple effects from that. I mean, the guys over in Phoenix for the Suns, like, talked about that. Like, you can monetize that a little bit more. You get more people to watch your product, more people are involved. More chance that you buy a ticket to go watch the game, buy merchandise. Like, all sorts of things do come, like, as a benefit from kind of allowing more people to actually get access to your product. And to your point, too, about, like, measuring this, it does seem like it's going to be pretty obsolete. Like, this is happening pretty quickly that these pro teams are following in step, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do that, too. Oh, yeah, we'll do I that, mean, too. The, the regional sports network, the, I mean, the majority holder of a lot of them is just saying we can't make money on it. Right. So, I mean, what does that tell you? So, if you want to crow about, you know, the, the A's are, can make this much money locally, like, can they anymore? Especially the A's. Because the ones the, – I don't think the A's were involved in the, uh, in the, the big deal where the, the owner had – I think it was 12 teams – they were gonna. They weren't making money on the Padres, which is interesting, because the Padres are trying and spend money. But right. the, the ones that stuck out were the Reds and the Diamondbacks, who don't try, don't have a good product, have turned off fans. So, if the A's stay in Oakland, without going to like a hundred and fifty million dollar payroll and really trying to win, are they going to get a lot from their local TV deal? I don't know. <laughs> so I think the way of measuring it, people have to be really careful on. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. There's a story developing in the NHL. It's going to be really interesting. The NHL is trying to grow the game. So part of it is this, you know, with VGK, the local scripts deal, you know, maybe some games on Channel 13, right? Thinking differently. The ESPN deal, I think, has been good for the NHL Mm -hmm. because, as Gar mentioned, Gary Bettman, a few weeks ago on ESPN National, kind of pushing back on Max and especially, you know, Jay Williams, really more Max. They're so stuck on the Northeast Corridor. And they were like, well, what if Boston doesn't make it to the finals? Well, they didn't. And what, what, you know, isn't the Rangers, Devils super important? And our, Gary's, Gary Batman's like, uh, if you notice, your, your network has a lot of our Canadian teams on, where a lot of our stars are. We like that. We like that a lot. You know, the other thing the NHL would love is a more diverse audience. How about a more diverse talent pool? Well, the way you do that is you got to get into areas and appeal to people who haven't been watching hockey. And a lot of that's developmental. So if that means getting more academy, hockey academies in heavily Latino areas, Mm -hmm. um, it would certainly help if African-Americans had more access to hockey. And Snoop Dogg is part of an ownership group that's making a run at the Ottawa Senators. And he's talked about going, if they own the team, going to Ottawa and on the ground there and then other places – opening up his own academies to get more access to people who don't have access to hockey now. That, to me, is a really exciting idea. Uh, yeah, and also... Now, he's not he's not the money guy. Apparently, it's is it Nico Sparks? Yeah. Uh, who's, the, like, the real money guy in this whole thing. But, by the way, Snoop said, I'm really serious about this. One of their main competitors the group has, Ryan Reynolds, who is also filthy rich. Yep. And, and I will say this, too. Uh, for those who don't know, 
Snoop Dogg also has a history of trying to develop kids in certain sports. He's got his Snoop Youth Football League, right? And that's football. It's a popular sport, so that's going to get more attractive. But if anybody's thinking, like, oh, Snoop Dogg, whatever. No, he's got a history of trying to do this in terms of bringing football to kids and wanting to get them into that sport. And with enough money and backing behind it, you could start to do it, too, with hockey. Did you have any access to hockey when you were a kid? None. I mean, you were here. Um, in New Jersey growing up, there was access in different pockets, but it's a really expensive sport. So yeah. I, would my parents have backed me? Probably. I don't know that it would have been easy, though. Yeah, I mean. The, it's an expensive sport. Yeah, it, no, it's an expensive sport. And I shouldn't say I didn't have access to it, but, like, you know, there's, like, the Desert Breeze rink that's been there for a while. I don't know if you've been out there, but there's, like, a roller hockey area right there. Um, there is my buddies. I actually started a game at goalie at a roller, in a roller hockey league one time because they needed me. But they've played roller hockey at the – it's down where the green door is, you know, Sahara in that area in that parking lot right there. Uh, that was a roller hockey rink for a while that I knew about. And there were a couple of parks that had some spots uh, down in Green Valley that I'd go to and just skate around. But it was never, like, a big part of, like, you know, I had three or four buddies that would play it, and that was about it. Yeah, Snoop said, I want to build the Snoop, uh, Snoop Youth Hockey League so, uh, quote, kids in urban communities can learn about hockey and can play the sport. Yeah. And that's how you grow the sport. By the, by the way, it's one of the things when we, as – you know, in my case, like an old what? When I look at baseball and I'm like, okay, they're not getting the attendance in some markets they used to get. Uh, TV's good in some places. It's not good in others. Like, how is the sport kicking this much ass? Because they did a really good job of developing their pipelines all over. It's getting into South America now because yeah. there's a lot of Venezuela players. But, you know, building up Mexico, certainly the Caribbean's been a big thing. They've grown in Europe, clearly. And, you know, Japan does baseball as well as we do, if not better. But they've got all these international lines of revenue coming in. And when for these sports, too, I mean, baseball and hockey, there is a certain challenge that they already just face inherently because the equipment that you need and the setting that you need to play it, right? When I'm a kid, yeah. if I'm playing football or basketball, like basketball, I just need a hoop in a, in a park. Right. I can go play. Football, I just need two trees that represent the end zones and a football, and you're good to go. Soccer, hey, I, same thing. Hey, I'd like to play some uh, pickup hockey right now in uh, – um, San Pedro de Macariz. Right. Where, you, where, was, <laughs> right. where kids there are like, uh, you know what, we have no money, but we'll use a milk carton as a glove. Let's go play. Right. Where's the ice? Yeah. I mean, uh, you can, you can, you can still play roller play, hockey. but you, you can still play hockey, but obviously it's not going to be an ice. Skating's kind of a big part of it, though. Eventually you've got to learn how to skate. Exactly. Like, that's kind of the big deal. Like, you probably run into. So it's already a sport that you have some trouble with getting to the youths, if you will, yeah. if you're not in an environment that's conducive to playing it. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I saw a tweet from someone the other day raving about the NHL playoffs, uh, but then saying, you know, I understand why some people don't watch it if they don't understand it. It's hockey. I just mentioned baseball, but especially soccer. It's soccer on ice. Okay. Icing and offsides. What else is it to understand? All right. Go score. Four check. The hockey gatekeepers need to stop doing that, too. If yep. you want your sport to grow, you got to cut that out. Yep. It's the same thing with mixed martial arts. Nailed it. No, people don't understand it. Like, Actually, I, I will say all the different moves, submission holds, the technique and everything actually is a lot harder to understand. Yep. But you can learn it than hockey. And then you can't get mad when people try to understand it. Like, you want your sports exactly. to grow. Exactly. Good job, John. I hope you get your margarita somewhere. You're going to get your bottle of tequila to deliver to someone else. All right. Angel, great job. Ari, appreciate it. Good week of radio. Listen to the archives at lbsportsnetwork.com. And thank you to the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar here at Treasure Island for housing the show.